Hey Life Group Leaders and Hosts, we are in week 12, which means we have this week and next week left. Can you believe it? It's been such an amazing time for our life groups to connect with God and with one another. So I'm grateful for each of you and just wanted to say that before we jump into our leader guide this week. So we are studying Galatians 6 verses 1 through 5 and Our icebreaker question is, what do you love most about your best friend? Your group will likely share many different answers about what they appreciate about their best friends. So much of how we feel about our best friend is how they support us in the challenges we face. Our passage this week discusses these themes and hopefully our icebreaker question prepares us well for our conversation. All right, so after your icebreaker, go ahead and take some time to pray to open up your conversation and then read the passage in Galatians 6 verses 1 through 5. Your first question is always the option to ask what stood out to you in this section of scripture or from Sunday's sermon. This question could lead you to talking about all of the following questions Um, and if that happens just try to acknowledge when the conversation moves to cover each of the questions that are listed on the sheet. This can give your quieter members who actually have thought about or written something down on those questions just give them opportunity to enter into the conversation. All right, so question two. What does this passage teach us about the gospel community's response to our sin-filled world? So the purpose of this question is to discuss how this passage describes the church's response to the sin in the body of Christ. It's no secret that we live in a fallen world. Whether it's our sin that we contribute or the results of someone else's sin, we can't get away from it. In this passage, Paul attempts to explain to the Galatian church how they are to, in community with one another, respond to the sin that's around us. Pastor Nate identifies three main ways that we can respond to sin. We restore others when they are caught in sin. We bear the burdens of others who are experiencing these burdens because of someone's specific sin or as a result of our fallen world. And three, we are responsible for ourselves and must keep ourselves out of sin. So this being our response, a gospel community does not embrace sin, but partners with the Holy Spirit to restore from sin, repent of sin, or resist sin altogether. The gospel community desires God's will for our lives, which means we take measures to care for ourselves and others in the midst of temptation or sin itself. These are ways that we can, as Pastor Riley preached about last week, partner with Jesus as he builds strong churches. All right, question three. What kind of traits does God develop in us when we restore others from sin, bear one another's burdens, or take responsibility for ourselves? The purpose of this question is for your group to discuss more specifically the work that God does inside of us when we obey him in the ways described in this passage. This question is wide open to a variety of discussion points. God does so many good things in us when we seek to obey him within the community of our church. Not only are we a blessing to those with a struggle or a burden, we are also growing in our own walk with Christ. We grow closer to Jesus as we lean on him to do these things he has called us to do. Intimacy with Jesus transforms us into the men and women he wants us to be. Traits like gentleness, endurance, and integrity are just a few examples of more specific qualities that your group members may discuss. Whatever examples you talk about, encourage your group to celebrate the sanctifying work that he does in all of us as we follow him together. Question four, how have you described, sorry, how have you experienced gospel community in the ways 
described in this passage? Question four, how have you experienced gospel community in the ways described in this passage? The goal of this question is to discuss real life examples of how your members have seen the gospel community, restore others, bear one another's burdens, and take responsibility for oneself. Encourage your group members to think of a time when they have been restored by a brother or sister in Christ or when they have attempted to restore someone else. Is there a time when group members have carried or offloaded burdens with another believer? Is there a time when they've had to be responsible for their own character despite a challenging situation? Talk about these stories with gentleness and integrity, being sure not to gossip or to break confidence with one another. Question five, do you have any burdens your life group can help you carry? Do you know of someone outside of the group that needs help carrying their burdens? So the goal with this question is for your group to open up to one another, sharing about the burdens that are too heavy to bear alone. Paul encourages the church to bear one another's burdens in verse 2, which means it's a reciprocal practice, bearing the burdens of one another. As leaders, consider how you can create a safe space for this sharing to occur. You may ask the question of the entire group, or you may consider splitting up into smaller groups, like pairs or same-gendered groups, for instance, in order to provide a more intimate and comfortable space for group members to talk about their burdens. Some burdens we may carry are related to sickness or injury, financial distress, grief, the burden of leadership, or being marginalized for our faith. Your group members may think of others, but these are a few examples of burdens to get you started if needed. Remind your group that it's the Holy Spirit that empowers and equips us to follow his word. Be prepared with your own answer you can share to get things started. Be sure to pray for these things in your prayer time. So our prayer application for this week uh, is this, to pray over the burdens you discussed in question five. Pray also for God to bless our pastors as they carry the burden of leadership for our church. So for this week's leadership notes, um, I thought I'd bring back an article that we released in the fall about dealing with sin. With this sermon, we are reminded that sin affects the church in a variety of ways and that we have a responsibility to respond to it in a variety of ways. This article reminds us of some ways that we will experience this in our life groups and how to approach it. So here we go. Sin issues are reality as human beings that we all have to face in one way or another and in one form or another. Some people struggle with life-consuming addictions while others may entertain subtle or quote respectable transgressions and at some point in our lives most of us will experience the effects of someone else's sin whether it's the effects of past generation sin or direct offenses against us. If we are the offender we need to get into a place in our mind and heart where we can ask for forgiveness and pursue repentance. If we are offended We need to get to the place where we can offer forgiveness and receive healing. God is the one who can make all of humanity right with him and with each other, and oftentimes he uses the church in the process. Life group may be the place where some of your group members work through sin issues they're dealing with. As they do it, it may require you to do additional prayer or pay additional attention to these individuals, both inside and outside of your group. This is where our 3R training, Relate, Reveal, and Respond, this is where this 3R training will come in handy. Ultimately, please remember that it is not your responsibility to fix the sin issue in someone's life. It's theirs to repent of or ask for healing. Trust God for your people. Lead them to God's word. Pray over them and with them. Help them access the resources they need. Encourage your group to support one another and model the one another's together. And reach out for help when you seem to have reached the depth of your abilities. Life group coaches and church staff are here to link arms with you however possible. 
Okay, leaders, a few announcements for you before we go. Next week is your final official meeting. Can you believe we're almost at the end of the quarter? In addition to this week's leader guide, notes about the final meeting will also be released this week so you have a chance to preview the content for your final meeting of the spring quarter. Be sure to communicate your plans for the end of the quarter with your group members and let your coach know if you have any questions. Uh, We also have off-season options that we'd like to share with you. As we wrap up this quarter, I wanted to send you what we call the off-season life group resources um, worksheet for you to consider. We are going to call the months in between formally organized life group quarters the off-season. So some life groups at Calvary continue to meet in the off-season, while others take the opportunity for break and rest. Both of these approaches can help leaders remain solid in spiritual health. In the event that you're looking for ideas, here is a list of ways that the life group leaders and hosts could connect with their members in the off-season. Take a look at this list and seek the Lord's direction for engaging with your life group members in the off-season. As you pray over these options, be sure to engage your group members and let them know what your plans are. All right, thanks so much everybody for all that you're doing. So grateful to the Lord for you and look forward to seeing you again soon.